good defense. Love the Seahawks this week and love the stack here. Russell Wilson, Lockett. You watch the Yahoo video, you know there's some more Seattle guys. I'm loving this week. But Tyler Lockett, great price this week. Under 7K on Fandle and a nice 6K price tag on DraftKings. All right, let's go to the quarterback position. We're going to roll with Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. So 7,500 on Fanduel, 5,900 on DraftKings. And the big news this morning is Ezekiel Elliott back in the building for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll touch on that here in a second. But last time Dak played, this Giants team had a massive game. 387 yards passing, four touchdowns in that one. And again, Zeke back I think is great for this offense. I don't know that I want to roster Zeke at that high price. Maybe a little bit rusty. I'd rather take the wait-and-see approach on Zeke at that lofty price tag. But Dak certainly in play in a lot of ways that you can pair him up. Amari Cooper, take a cheap shot on Michael Gallup. Or we know Jason Witten loves to destroy the New York Giants. But the Cowboys in a good spot here. Seven-point home favorites projected to score almost four touchdowns in this one. Great spot for Dak Prescott here this week against the Giants. All right, moving on to the running back position. We're going to go carry on Johnson of the Lions. So carry on another one of those guys that I think is underpriced for what you're going to get out of him. Just 7,000 on Fanduel, only 5,800 on DraftKings. And there's going to be a lot of popular options in that price range. I don't think a lot of people are going to go this route. So it's a little bit under the radar here. Really looking for him to get a lot more involved in the passing attack. And I know there's been some concerns about his goal line work, about that third down usage. But I think once we get into, into the real thing, into the games you're going to see that this guy's going to be more involved than we realize and the cardinals were pretty good against the pass not so much against the run last season definitely a run funnel 29th in the league in dvoa against the run here carry on johnson just simply too cheap could get some big time fireworks in this game love is upside at this discounted price here in week one all right let's go back to wide receiver another big play guy I think it's going to go overlooked this weekend. Marquise Goodwin of the Niners. So absolutely love this San Francisco-Tampa Bay game. I think there's multiple pieces from both sides that are going to be in play here. The game stack fully in play in this one. And I think what's going to happen here, everyone's not sure who the receivers are going to be. We've, t- we've seen a lot of talk about Dante Pettis, his struggles in camp, quotes from the coach on how he's struggling. Jalen Hurd comes in with some big games. We know they drafted Debo Samuel. Goodwin's kind of been the forgotten man here. I do think he's going to have a big role for this team right off the bat. And when you look at the deep ball from last season, we know this Tampa Bay defense is bad, but they were horrible against the deep ball as well. Seventh worst in the league, and that's Marquise Goodwin's game. Getting behind the defense, making big plays happen. And I think you're going to get a lot of those big plays in this game. Goodwin at 5,400 on Fandle and just 4,000 on DraftKings. Great tournament play for you. Cash games, I'd look a different direction. Tournaments, I'm loading up in this game, and I'm getting exposure to Marquise Goodwin and his big play ability. All right, let's go to the tight end position here. We're going to roll with Hunter Henry of the Chargers. So 6,100 on Fandle is fair. He's the cheapest of the big six tight ends, but on DraftKings at just 3,900, this guy is an absolute steal. A guy I would lock in to my cash games at that price. And tournaments, I want a lot of exposure as well. We know he has massive touchdown upside. This offense utilizes the tight ends. Think about all the years of Antonio Gates when Henry was healthy. All the upside he had in this offense. I think he's going to definitely provide you some big weeks. I think it's going to start here in week one. The Colts against tight ends, one of the worst teams in the league, as you see in DVOA. I think Hunter Henry gets in the box early here in this game. But I love this spot for him. Love that price, especially on DraftKings at just 3900 All right, it's time for my favorite play of the week, guys. But before I do that, I need some favors here. First of all, if you're enjoying the video, subscribe to the channel. You'll know when all the videos are coming out. Also, if you enjoy the time in a fantasy bar, like I always say, guys, very simple. Click that thumbs up button. Let's see how many thumbs up we can get on the video. I greatly appreciate it. And we're going to do a little contest here. If you didn't catch the Yahoo video, hey, you missed out. Go check that out. But what we're going to do here, in the comment section below the video, I need you to predict fantasy points, not stats, not yards, not touchdowns, closest fantasy points on DraftKings for my beast of the night here. The closest person in the comment section will win a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium. If you already have that, we'll send you a free Roto-Grinders t-shirt right to your front door. So absolutely free comment section, fantasy points on DraftKings 
for my beast of the week. And while you're there, if you have a beast of the week of your own, I want to hear about that as well. Who's your top play of the week? So before we get out of here this week, take a look at my favorite play. You know, Max, the beast of the week. All right, it's beast time. We need one more running back here. going on Rotor Grinders Dean here at Steen 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean it's 501 on the East Coast, 201 on the West Coast, 401 Tennessee time, which of course that means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's hump day. Joining me today is one Pepsi 7. Pepsi. We're doing all right. Doing all right. The weather's cooling down a little bit, so that's disappointing. No more pool days, but uh, you know, it's a good time of season. Sports fan, we got a decent slate tonight, pretty straightforward, but uh, baseball playoffs coming up, football's about to begin, NBA, NHL around the corner. Still a good time of year. We're having fall here, Dean. I know you're not too familiar with all four seasons, but it is fall here in Canada. So condescending. Uh, the world's smallest violin, by the way, is playing for you because you can't have a pool day. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you know, you've, you've got enough in, you know, over the last few weeks, have you not? You know what? It was actually a pretty good summer. They said it might be cooler than usual, which is obviously disappointing for me to hear because I want to spend every weekend either playing baseball or in my pool, uh, you know, a combination of both usually. But uh, it was a really hot summer, actually. You know, by early June, it was smoking hot. And all of a sudden, mid-August hit, though, and all of a sudden that weather went away, which is disappointing. But, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it's Canada. So two months of uh, hot weather, I'll certainly take that. It was a nice run. You show your people, uh, is this a tan? Is this you tanned right now or? Yeah. This, this is as tan as I get. It doesn't look like much, but if you can see other areas compared to these areas, you would see that I've changed four or five shades. But by just looking at me as a ginger, you're not going to think I'm very tan, of course. I think you need a Rotogrinders premium for that. Is that how that works? If you, is, is that part of the premium package? It's probably not part of it. It should not be part of the premium package. It certainly, it certainly would help sales, I think, though. 
<laughs> well, you know, a certain demographic might be uh, intrigued by it for sure. Uh, speaking of Broder Riders Premium Pepsi, uh, of course, uh, NFL football right around the corner. I believe there's actually a premium show recorded today. There's two ownership reports. Uh, one was over today with uh, – I know Tip and Pick was involved with that, and Jamino too. We always – we I don't want to say we give Jamino a hard time, but we always like say, oh, his ownership's wrong, his ownership's wrong, or he's napping or whatever. But Jamino is on the ball when it comes to football. He is wired in. He absolutely crushed preseason. Premium members can confirm that, especially in the Discord where he's just in there all day helping people out. Uh, and he was on the ownership report today. And I, I'm going to humble brag. I actually had a private conversation myself and Tamino. So uh, talking football with him, he's all over it. And uh, the first of two ownership reports, of course, the NFL, the official season starts tomorrow night, Pepsi. I know you're excited. You're giddy for sure. You're more of a CFL guy. You're, you're, you're all about those Argonauts. Argos. Is that what they say? <laughs> yeah, that's what they chant here, I guess. But I don't uh... – I was actually watching some highlights at the gym today and um, CFL highlights come up and it's uh, the season's already over. I think like, or almost it's like really records of 11 and three and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, is that already over? I mean, I don't know who watches the CFL. It's awful. I don't, I mean, yeah. None of your buddies ever say like, Hey, how about them Argonauts? I mean, I know people that have great cup parties, but I feel like that's just an excuse to drink and hang out and watch the game. And most people probably don't know anybody on those teams. Like I don't, I don't have a, I don't have one buddy. I'm clearly in the sports loop that uh, talks CFL ever. I've never had a CFL conversation with anybody. Fair enough. It's a, yeah, it's a bigger field. You all got the field goal posts actually in the end zone, which is sort of funky. That's a little bit different. And I think you have like an extra player. I feel like it's 12 on 12. Is that a I thing? Mean, Do you know? I just love how big the end zones are, but the best thing has to be, well, there's two things. The fact that you can run into the, the, um, I'm drawing a blank now for the name of that. The uh, uprights. You can run into the uprights in the end zone. That's just awful. We've seen some collisions there. The end zone's so huge. And even if you're on the four-yard line, you've got like 30 yards to throw, it feels like. But why do you miss a field goal and get a point? How do you get rewarded for failing? Yeah, that is interesting. And I guess that probably encourages uh, not punting and just kind of going for it. Or I guess kicking field goals, I suppose, as well. Is that a call a try? Is that, I think it's called a try. Am I making that up? I'm it's not sure. in rugby. Yeah, all right, whatever, moving on. I think it's called a good try in the CFL. (laughs) (laughs) Good effort. You get one point. Congratulations. Uh, (laughs) Good try. I was going to mention as far as premium, of course, the football periods is starting to roll out. Uh, More and more stuff coming out as the week progresses. Um, Yeah, you can get yourself one month free RG premium. You know how you can do that, Pepsi? I feel like you know. I feel like you're going to tell me. (laughs) You're just passing it off to me. (laughs) I know the answer, but I feel like I want to hear you. The chat wants to hear you. Oh, they don't. They really, they've heard it so many times, I'm sure. Uh, it's exhausting. They're, they're, they're muting me for the next, like, 40 seconds or so, give or take. But, yeah, so the, the link was dropped in chat, the Rotorunners chat. I, I presume it's also in the YouTube chat. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe over there. We much appreciate that. If you subscribe, you'll get an alert that tells you there's two football shows going down later on tonight, uh, the uh, Pick 6 show and the PFF show for football. And it's going to be football stuff all throughout the week. Uh, all the way up to Sunday. There's two shows on Sunday as well. There's an additional show for premium all the way up to lock as well. I think there's two premium uh, shows on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. But you can get yourself one month free premium at RG if you just rock the avatar, rock the RG avatar. And you don't have to bank. You don't have to finish in the podium. You have to finish in the top 10. Top 10 a certain contest. You get yourself one month of RG premium. Just want to give a shout out to those that have been rocking it or just signed up in the last couple of days or so. Uh, going to run these names off Pepsi. I'm sure you're looking at them, and they're all a lot of them are kind of funky. We'll try our best. And I know you're, yeah. you're always We're waiting for you to butcher these, Dean. They're just debating in how, right now on how many you're going to butcher. All of them seem pretty simple, but uh, yeah. I want to hear you butcher. We got all day, so take your time. We're just going to laugh. This slate is super straightforward. We'll talk about it in just a second. Uh, run the check 2024 Dynasty Leagues. Ha ha 81. J Mac 04 Dubs. That's two Z's if you're scoring at home. Uh, Jay Belize, uh, this is where it gets tricky. Uh, is that Lon Picard? Lon yeah. Picard. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. So judges are confirming that one in my ear. Uh, R. Shafe, Shouf, 20. Uh, we got Gray Abyss, J. Staten, 10, one greener, and then uh, Big Fish Fan. Is that your other account? The Marlin account? The Big Fish Fan? Is that you? <laughs> that is not me. That, that's my account from like 12 years ago <laughs> when I was a. Uh, you know, green-eyed and bushy-tailed, and I was uh, innocent, and I didn't realize how corrupt. You know, yeah, I, I've not been uh, abused by the Marlins over the years. So, uh, yeah, you got a couple World Series rings out of it. It can't, can't be that bad. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, 97, 2003 for sure. And, hey, I was at the World Series game in 2003, humble brag, good times. Uh, saw a walk-off homer in the World Series. That's pretty sweet. What's the Miggy? best game you ever attended? Are you getting Miggy with it? Uh, well, Miggy earlier in the game was brushed back by Roger Clemens and supposedly his last start ever of all time. And in the same at bat, he went oppo and banged one out. Uh, World Series homer at the age of, I believe, 20. Yeah, that wasn't the walk-off. I would, let me just, I'm trying to take that. Don't tell me. I'm going to guess the walk-off. Was it, you want the position? Um, I believe it was first base. No. Okay. Down the left field line. It hit, it hit like a, it barely squeaked out. Okay. So who, what was the position? Oh, so the position was, the was it short? Was it Alex Gonzalez? Yes, it was. There you who go. Who was off? Oh, geez. I don't know who it was, was off. Brother. He was the worst brother of the two. It wasn't Mike Maddox. Oh, it was, um, yeah, I know you're talking about now. It's uh, Weaver. There you go. Good job. Yeah, okay. well <laughs> Good times. Anything but talking about the slate works for me today. <laughs> well, let's talk about it, Pepsi, because again, we both think this is a completely straightforward. Uh, you know, at the top, it's not even a conversation. The Beebs, Shane Bieber, in a world of his own as far as a slate, got the nut matchup. Uh, best K guy on the slate. Uh, it doesn't walk anybody. He's going to grab the W most likely. Uh, if you look at the, have you looked at lineup HQ or lineup headquarters, Pepsi, as far as the you know the prop for, for strikeouts today? He's got an eight-and-a-half prop. That's a big number. And then it's already a step down to Zach Gallon. By the way, a battle of two former four Marlins pitchers today, uh, Gallon versus Paddock. Um, yeah, and they got a lot for both those guys. Uh, Zach Gallon's projected for six-and-a-half, and then Junis and Erod and Mad Bum at five-and-a-half. But, you know, if you can project Bieber for over two Ks in the field, I know he's the most expensive guy, but it's the nut matchup. This matchup, they don't walk or anything. By the way, just realizing now, I did not set up my lights. So is it going to get dark really quickly? This is going to be fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't really look at you very often, so uh, I didn't really notice it. But um, <laughs> lights getting darker is probably better for you anyway. Hold on. Uh, that didn't. Oh, yeah, I forgot to connect that, unfortunately. I think they got darker there. Talk to me about the beeps, because, like, how do you not play this guy in cash games if you're still playing cash games this point of the year? I'm not playing cash tonight, but if you were, absolutely, it's just a slam dunk. He, as you mentioned, you know, he's the best pitcher with the best matchup. He's striking everybody out. He's not walking anybody. Uh, the White Sox, awful versus right-handed pitching, I believe, uh, 29th in Woba, 28th in ISO. Uh, they strike out a ton, third most in Major League Baseball. Perfect matchup for him. Uh, best pitcher, best matchup on the slate. It's easy. You're playing Beaver in all formats. And I love him, too, as my SB1 in tournaments as well. We do have a couple of cheaper options that we can get to that make it work today. And it's not a slate where we have to have bats. There's a couple teams that I really like that really stand out. And, of course, we'll get to those. But I think you definitely pay up for Beaver because there's just none of the guy, to, in my opinion, that has the floor or ceiling of the Beavs tonight. So let's step down. Let's put that on pause just for a second because I, I suspect I know who you're talking about as far as the SB2s. And uh, it's more than anything the matchups, right, and the prices are pretty reasonable. And it gives you, like, you know, really solid beaver, and it gives you a cheap cheap enough arm where you can kind of open things up as far as the bats to some extent. But I agree. I'm right there with you, Pepsi. I don't think there's an offense you necessarily need. Uh, we do have, like, this is chalk Royals, once again, on a small slate, and the Royals aren't a good baseball team, especially the back half of their lineup. The first half is pretty good. Uh, there is some power in there uh, that, that we'll talk about. Of course, they're facing Ejax. Uh, th- there's just nothing this guy can do to get kicked out of the rotation at this point, right? They're just they just want somebody out there that's to eat innings and maybe be a good locker room presence or whatever. But the sample's not even that, like, it's not small. It's not big, obviously. But Edwin Jackson, in 52 innings, Pepsi, he's got a 9.35 ERA. I know we don't talk ERAs very often. Yeah. But, like, that's, that's insane. Uh, a 9.35, I know there's more homers this year. <laughs> he's averaging just short of three homers per nine, 2.94 if you want to get all technical. And you can also argue like the home and the fly ball has been a little bit wonky, a little bit unlucky, 25%. The bad batting average on balls in play at 357. So like in theory, he's unlucky there. Left on base percentage at 51.7%. So like, you know, his strand rate's not positive either. So like that all adds up to a Sierra of 557, you know, an XFIP of 585, which is also like terrible. But he also has a, you know, his ma- a massive hard hit rate at 45.2%, which is the, well, it's the highest in the slate if you don't count Robert Duggar's small sample, speaking of the Marlins. Um, so yeah, the Royals, we'll talk about the hitters in a second, obviously, but do you want to like mention <laughs> what, what's is something going on in the chat? What, what am I missing? Oh boy. You've got like a, a curtain open or something. So we just see this line across your face. Does that not bother you? Like the sun's creeping in a little bit on you there. That's all we can see is, a, is you some dark behind you and a line right down your face. I can't believe I forgot this. I'm such a schmuck. Why would I forget to set up my lights today? <laughs> you know what? The chat's going to love you more. It gives us something to laugh about, but, uh, 
Yeah, I'll talk about the Royals. Do you want me to kill some time and you're going to hop up and do something? Or are you just going to deal with this? Go ahead and talk about uh, Madison Bumgarner. That should take at least 20, well, 15, 20 seconds or so. Uh, yeah, I guess you can make an argument for him, and it's just for tournaments, right, against St. Louis? Yeah, okay, I'm not going to talk about Evan Jackson right now. Then I'll go to Bumgarner. I mean, I mean, I think that Bumgarner's been much better since the All-Star break. We've seen the, the Ks come up, and he's become a better pitcher here. And, and St. Louis is not the, the best offense in baseball by any means, but uh, – you know, the price tag's pretty high. Looking at DK here at 10-4, I think a quality start is certainly in play here, but uh, I just don't see a lot of upside. And again, he certainly doesn't have the floor or the ceiling that a guy like Shane Bieber has tonight. So if you're multi-max entering, can you get to some Bumgarner in tournaments? Sure. Uh, I certainly wouldn't suggest you play him as an SP1 in cash. And uh, for me, he uh, he does miss my player pool tonight because uh, – I just don't love the matchup. I'm not a huge fan of Bumgartner in general. And I think at best, we're going to end up with a quality start here. I think that's the ceiling. So I just don't think the price is worth paying for. I agree with that excellent analysis, Pepsi. All of it. I heard at least three minutes. No, three, three words. We still got the we still got the light thing coming through here. You got it, you got the lights on, but you didn't get to the curtain or whatever that is, I guess. Curtain's closed. Oh, unbelievable. We're just gonna have to deal with it. We're gonna power through. <laughs> uh my apologies. We'll get that fixed soon enough. I don't know. It it, it is closed. It's a, like a slight little crack that like it's kind of peeking through, but yeah, it looks good. It looks good, man. <laughs> it's like, having a great time with, I'll tell you that. Uh, we're officially uh, officially tilted to some degree. I kind of mentioned, pa- uh, you know, Gallon, Gallon versus, uh, you know, Paddock as far as the matchup. We saw Paddock kind of thread the needle. Like, it doesn't happen too often, but when he, he doesn't have a long leash, if he, things are going really well, 95 pitches or so, uh, things can possibly be, be not that great, 85 is give or take. But, you know, there's no reason for San Diego to push him. They're going nowhere. He's a young guy. It's the end of the season. I, I like his talent. I like the ability, but I'm having a hard time clicking that button. And he's got to be just like perfect in like his five to six innings. I know he went seven last time, but I would bet the under on seven innings. That's obviously uh, the top end of the bell curve. How about the other side for Gallon against San Diego, a team that has, uh, there are some Ks in that lineup. I don't know if we, I got a refresh button as far as that lineup. I don't believe it's out just yet. Uh, how, do we, how do we feel about Gallon? I like him. Here, here's the thing tonight. See, on DK, I'm playing six lineups. And I may just do three lineups and duplicate them. So I'm undecided whether I'm going three or six here. But regardless, I, I'm very tapped into Beaver at the top. I just love him. And again, we've got a couple of value arms that I can make it work. I've been taking around off and on all day here with my tournament lineups. And I can make it work. So I'm unlikely to get off of that just because I'm not playing a ton on this short slate here. But Gallon's very interesting. I think if I decide to get off of Beaver, he is the one guy to take a shot on that's not in that mid to lower tier. You know, the talent's there. Sure, the control has been off at times, and he can walk some people, but the Padres don't walk a ton. Their lineup's a little depleted. And even some of those bigger bats, Renfro has cooled off. Machado's been terrible. We're not afraid of Hosmer, really. So there's potential there. And we know they strike out a ton. So, and Gallant can certainly wrap up the case here. So I think in tournaments, if you're playing six-plus lineups or you just want to be a little different, I think you can go to Gallant as an SP1 as the pivot off of Beaver. He's the one guy that I feel like could get close to Beaver's ceiling out of this uh, group on the higher tier here. Yeah, and again, the, the, the K props kind of speak to that too because he's kind of in his own tier at, the, what, six and a half, uh, not as high as Beaver's eight and a half, and there's a bunch of guys that are kind of stuck together as far as five and a half at the Ks. And I know just like, what's 1K, but 1K is important. Like, that's, if that's a four-point difference, that, that definitely matters for sure. And I that's that's my second favorite guy. Like, Mad Bum is a little bit more expensive. I suppose you can get there. And whatever you said about him, I probably, you know, didn't sound like you were terribly enthusiastic, but I, I, I suspect you could roster him in tournaments. But that's probably not something I'm going to do. Uh, I just don't play enough lineups. If I was MMAing, for sure, he would be in the pool. Uh, we don't have a lineup just yet for San Diego, but you know, projected strikeouts 22.5 percent. It's not huge, but if Martini's in there, he strikes out a good bit. Uh, Hedges is you know 31 percent and change, and you know Gallon's got a 28.2 percent K rate in the season. Uh, you know, it's basically the same for both lefties and righties. Doesn't really matter so much from a K perspective. Uh, I like him a good bit uh, as a pivot away from Bieber. I have not built a beaver gallon lineup for what it's worth because well Hunjin Ryu uh you know if we would have saw this price three months ago where he was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball uh, not necessarily fantasy baseball he's good in fantasy but not, not elite because the k rate's not elite the k rate's down to what 22 percent. i think i'm rounding up too that's not very good and he's sputtering he's sputtering to the finish line here at pepsi uh there was talks of him potentially wearing down you know the dodgers have no reason to push him 
that they're basically on cruise control until the playoffs come. But of course he draws the Rockies who are, you know, horrific on the road and the price is down. I think it's interesting. I'm not enthused. What are we doing here? I looked into the underlying numbers from Rio to see what was going on there. You know, is he tired? Is his velocity down? Is he getting hit hard? Is it mostly bad luck? And for the most part, the numbers suggest he's fine. Velocity is still there. Um, you know, and, and watching a bit of the games, his, his pitch stuff looks okay. So it's mostly just been bad luck for the most part. You know, missing the spots here and there, but for the most part, he's been the same guy. So it's going to happen at some point in the season. Every good pitcher is going to run into a couple of bad starts, and Rio's just kind of done that. So if you can get there as an SP2 in cash, I like it. I don't think it's necessary, but I like it. I still think he's fairly safe. You mentioned the K rate has kind of gone, you know, way down. It's been low all season for the most part, but early on, He's having some of those gems where he had some nice matchups and he was rolling up seven, eight, nine Ks. But as the matchups kind of went more to neutral, he continued to dominate, but the K rate obviously dropped. Um, but I could still see a K printing in six or seven clean innings versus this Colorado team. So in cash, I'm on board as an SB2. And GPPs, I don't know if the upside is there at that price point. I'm okay with it. But again, with me only playing six or less lineups and maybe just three, as I said, and, and duplicating those lineups, um, he just doesn't make the, the list for me today. It's a very small list for me today. And I would go to Gallon instead if I'm playing GBPs, but give Ryu the edge in cash. Pepsi, I was just thinking, like, last time you were on the show, you crushed that night. And then I realized, no, wait, I think that was the night where you had some uh, funky technical difficulties. So uh, small sample size, but not doing the show with me somehow uh, made you have better lineups. I think that's just a coincidence, right? We're not going to chalk that up to, like, a cause and effect. Yeah, yeah, it was it was the night that I had my twelve minutes with you and uh, who do we have in there? Was it? Uh, oh, it was um, Squirrel Patrol. Squirrel Patrol, right? And uh, yeah, I think that my biggest night of the year. And of course, I couldn't get the information out to you guys. I just saw someone in the chat say, "I feel like we should do the opposite of whatever Pepsi says." So uh, hey, oh, wow. that's a strategy. I'm a little shocky tonight, so that's certainly a strategy. But I hope that's not based on my on my past performances. So, uh, you know, we're pivoting in tournaments. And again, I think it's super confined. And we haven't even talked about our SB2 so much as mine. Um, the Barrios Erod matchup to me, like, screams just tournaments all over the place as far as the hitters. I guess you can play these pitchers in tournaments too. I just, I'm not doing it. Uh, it's more of a question like, what am I doing with these hitters? 11 total, monster number. Boston's got a total over six. You know, Barrios is like a better than average pitcher. Erod's perfectly fine too, especially from an ERA perspective. That's, that's your kind of thing. What are we doing with these guys? Because as of right now, I'm not playing either. I don't think either gets an optimal game. Yeah, I'm completely off them. As you mentioned, they're good pitchers, but both their strikeout rates are, are low enough and their prices are high enough that they don't warrant being played in any format, in my opinion, tonight. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm more interested in some of these bats that could be low-owned because of the fact that you know these are two very good pitchers, but they're facing two of the best offenses in baseball and one of the best offensive parts in baseball. So – that's a great way to be contrarian, I think, with the bats. I just don't see the upside, certainly at these price points uh, for the arms here. So I think the, the, the real conversation we got to have, well, I mean, look, we know the world of a salary cap. You can't just roster the two best pitchers to get the best hitters as well. That would be just – that would make for a goofy game. Uh, you got Jacob Junis against Detroit. We know the Tigers are completely dreadful, especially against righties. And you got Trevor Williams against the Marlins. We know they're decrepit as well, too. Williams a little bit cheaper than Junis. Williams, uh, you know, in a – Better ballpark, depending on how you look at it. A lot of writings for the Marlins. Uh, and, you know, Brett Williams, as terrible he is as far as strikeouts, I think he's up to 20% as far as striking out righties. And he is, he is cheaper than Junis, and also he gets the pick on a pitcher as opposed to a DH. But, uh, you know, if I have the funds, we prefer Junis over Williams as our SP2, right? Absolutely. I mean, Jacob Junis has actually been a pretty good pitcher most of the year. Last time he faced Detroit, maybe four starts ago, he went six, struck out six. Gave up a couple of runs. I think we could see a similar start here today. And against the White Sox, another team that's also bad versus righties, he had a seven-inning 10K game too. So he can spike the big game. Um, you know, we can go seven innings here over a K per inning. The Tigers are just awful, awful versus right-handed pitching generally. Strike it more than about some baseball. I believe their projected lineup has 26.5% K rate tonight, which is, you know, unbelievable. So we need to take advantage of that. I love Junis. I think he is my SB2 in cash. Um, if you don't want to pay up, he's certainly the best option at mid-tier. Uh, certainly going to be my best option as well for GPPs. And I think on a one-pitcher site like FanDuel, I don't hate Junis in cash. Now, I try to get the Beaver, but if for whatever reason you're not liking your build and you want some savings, I think Junis is safe in cash if you want to let your bats 
to the talking. I don't think his floor or his ceiling are as high as Bieber, but for the price point, he might be the best bang for your buck on the site. So we got Big T in the chat, and I'm curious what his thoughts on this is because he's a Vegas guy. He's all about that sharp side act, uh, app. And, you know, I was going to say, well, you know, one other perk about Judas is, like, you feel like the, you know, the W is on layaway, and they're significant favorites, but it almost feels, like, too low. I understand. It's all because the Royals, I guess, are not very good. But, like, Ejax has just been just such a disaster. That lineup is so terrible. Like, minus 235 almost seems, I don't know, too low? <laughs> Even though it is the Royals. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the bullpen behind Jackson is uh, is good either, right? They're both terrible. I mean, I mean, Jackson is otherworldly terrible, but the bullpen's bad. It might be the worst bullpen in baseball. So, you know, I prefer that it's too bad the Royals were on the road here. You'd see another bat there possibly from them. But uh, well, they're at home. That's what I'm saying. It's too bad they weren't on the road. I said, Oh, I got you. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Bad there. But I still think you're right that I, I think that for sure I'd be all over. I mean, I, I wasn't uh, looking into that today at all, but uh, I'm all about the uh, the fantasy players today when I'm, I'm playing my games here. But um, minus 235, I would have guessed higher probably. Yeah, but I mean, Big T's all about just grabbing that value. Uh, yeah, so T's basically saying it's because the, because the Royals suck. And yes, I concede the Royals suck. You know, they're at the top of their. I just think Ejax sucks a little bit more. If we're going to you know, have a, a suck uh, meter. <laughs> I think so let's, we don't need a suck meter, Dean, because you and I will be one and two on that meter pretty quickly if they're going to get a vote. So let's not have the suck meter. Oh, boy. One and one A. Let's not uh, you know, discount yeah. anybody. Yeah, we don't need them having that. So is there anybody else? I mean, I, 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 I've seen Waka thrown out there, but, like, that's a no. That's, that's just a no for me, dog. Uh, he's on short rest. He's a disaster versus lefties and righties. I know he's facing San Francisco, you know, not a very potent lineup, obviously, but I just can't do it. I'm, but Waka is just terrible. I mean, uh, he yeah. was still last amount against the Reds. San Francisco doesn't have a very good offense. They don't strike out a lot, but Waka's not looking for the K. He's dirt cheap. If you're playing GPPs and you want to mix it up a little bit to get off at Junis or Trevor Williams, of course, Williams isn't a great pitcher either, but it's the Marlins and pretty much any righty versus the Marlins. Um, I mean, I don't hate the idea of Walker, but I'm kind of with you. I think San Francisco uh, knocks him around a little bit. I don't think he pitches great. And as Dean said, he's on a short rest. He pitched Saturday against Cincinnati. So not a big deal, but guys don't go three on three days rest anymore these days. So it's interesting to see how that works. It also could limit his leash too. So yeah, I'll be off of him. But again, if you're making 10 plus lineups, I mean, sure. it'd be a chalky Junis and then Next up is Trevor Williams, and then none of those other guys are going to get more than 10%. So maybe get a little bit of Walker just to be different in case. But I think, yeah, if you're playing 10 or less laps, I don't think there's any use for Walker. It's less than a 1,000 more uh, on DK for Williams. Williams isn't great, but he should be solid, you know, run prevention perspective against, you know, just a terrible Miami lineup that's more right-handed than left-handed. Um, you know, it's not that much more for Junis. I mean, Sandoval has flashed some K ability in the minors, but, like, I just can't get on that Sandoval price. Um, and the chat saying walk is interesting. I suppose he can go five and be fine. And it's to me, it's, you know, whatever he, he could put up like 15, 17, I guess. And again, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not crossing him out in like the hypothetical MME, you know, build, but if I'm hand building my lineups and I'm making like five or six, I just can't see getting there. It's not necessary. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary either. Like I said, uh, it's going to be Junis easily as the first guy in the mid to lower tier followed by Williams. And I don't think I touch anybody else, but it will be interesting is a Williams and Junis lineup. I never played with that. I was just kind of looking at that now because I've been so strong on Bieber. If I end up playing more than three lineups, I may have to try that. I think that would be um, that could be a lot of fun. But again, the bats tonight, we're not really in love. We like Kansas City. We like the Dodgers. Of course, we'll get to that. I guess you could try to double stack with those two guys and have some fun there. But uh, for the most part, I think even in GPPs, this is a night where you pay up for Bieber and get those so-called guaranteed points at pitcher. Well, that's the other part of it is like, what am I getting if I'm rostering Waka? Like, I don't need this team. I don't need these hitters. Um, and we'll talk about the hitters in a second. Like, I don't, a lot of times when I'm willing to punt down there, it's because I want to spend up on a lineup that I think is absolutely going to smash. And sure, one of these teams are probably going to smash. One of these teams probably scores more than 10 runs, maybe two teams. Uh, but you can't like distinctly point to a team and say, this is the team that's going to go absolutely nuts. Uh, I, I see my, my doppelganger in chat, Landa, saying that I'm clueless today because Waka is most definitely in play. Landa, send me the head-to-head, pal. If you, if you want to roster Waka against me, let's go. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose he means for tournaments, but whatever. He's in play. Again, I think you go to Junis Williams first, but that price point against Sam Fran is in play. We're just not that big on I don't, I don't see a big performance here. And again, I worry a little bit 
about the fact he's going a short rest. Does that mean maybe they pull him after five, regardless of what's going on there, if he's laboring a little bit? So he's in play, but we're not excited about it, that's for sure. And he's clearly third out of those uh, three options we mentioned. Give me a summary. I know we're kind of summarizing right now, but like uh, make it succinct as far as pitching, because again, we think it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's easily Beaver at the top, regardless of the format. You know, he's got the best K rate, the lowest walk rate. He's got the best matchup. I'm paying up for him today. Uh, if you're getting off of him, I think the only pivot that's interesting, and that's a GPP, is Zach Gallion versus a San Diego team that strikes at a ton. Um, as your SP2 is, again, Jake Tunis is the guy I like the best. Trevor Williams is uh, not great, but he's facing the Marlins. And I guess you could sprinkle in some walk as well. And I think the combination to use, if you want all the bats, again, is, is probably Junis and Williams and hope they both roll out quality starts and the bats do all the talking for you. Catcher, Pepsi, before we dive in and talk, go around position by position, give me a player or two, a core play. Who are we focusing on tonight when it comes to the bats? Well, Whit Merrifield is an absolute stud. Uh, the guy can do it all, hit home runs, he steals bases, he's got power, speed combination, which is nice. He's leading off versus Edwin Jackson in a really bad Detroit bullpen. So I like Merrifield. He's my top bat in all formats just because he can do so many things. And GPPs or even cash, you could certainly argue – and the lefties from the Dodgers versus Sensatella. But Cody Bellinger obviously is the top guy. He's got the multi-homer upside. He's a tough guy to get out here. So those, in my opinion, are easily the top two bats tonight. You can flip a coin over. I'll give the edge to Merrifield just because he has the better matchup. And we've got some extra speed there. But uh, I love them both. And uh, it's going to be tough to build a lineup without at least one, if not both, in a minute. So I was excited the prospect of rostering uh, Mitch Garver earlier today, especially on Fandle, where he's pretty cheap because his numbers against lefties are just completely insane. Uh, no Garver. I think he's day to day. He's dealing with something, uh, some body part. What's that? Colin said it best. Your boy's in there. Yeah. Uh, La Tortuga is back. And I was looking at his minor league numbers, Pepsi. It's amazing. I love this guy. So I'm just going to run it off for you. 95 at bats this year in the minors, right? 95 at bats, seven homers, good times. Batting average. I know we don't talk batting average, but just for fun, 411 batting average in the like 95 bats at bats. Let's not get too excited. Three walks in 95 at-bats, two strikeouts. I mean, how can you never walk and never strike out? It's just insane how good of a contact hitter this guy is, and he's a lot of fun to watch. And hit 411. All that, all those balls put in play. Uh, also, he's on Team Girth. Uh, he's not the CEO of Team Girth, but he's on Team Girth. He has a stolen base just for fun. And um, I think that if those numbers hold up and they transfer to the major leagues, he's the first player since uh, Ted Williams did over 400. Well, that's the minor leagues, Pepsi. I said if they transferred to the major leagues, he would be oh. the first player. Who's the guy that came closest recently, actually? Tony Gwynn? Did, Gwynn had a 392 year, didn't he? Wasn't, I think somebody in the strike year in, uh, in 94 was Andres close. Andres Galarraga was doing it for a while. Was that the strike year? Agatha Grande. Um, I don't know. He was, yeah, he was. I think that's a good call. Galarraga and Alrud were going head-to-head in two different leagues that year, I think. Alrud really fell off a bit there. Galarraga... I think Allward might have been the guy over 400 the latest. He might have gone into August. Yeah, Allward was awesome. Time frame, early 90s. But I, I believe Gwyn in like a 392 one year or something crazy. He was doing it pretty late in the year. But didn't was, – was Gwyn the strike year that he was – No, was he was – Gwyn was basically retired by 94, wasn't he? I feel like he was retired by 94. The, 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 was maybe the, the, the earlier no, he was still around. I'm thinking of the 82 strike. Remember the 82 strike? Dude, I'm not as old as you are, Pepsi. No, but I think that Gwynn <laughs> had a shot that year, I think, too, when they killed it. Uh, oh, by the way, we're talking about Williams' studio. The, the, the people, I don't think we actually said his name. Uh, La Tortuga, that's his nickname. He's the Stu, Stu, studio. Well, no, it's uh, <laughs> close enough there, Pepsi. Uh, I know you want to get you, drop your bars and get your singing in as much as possible. Uh, what else is here to say as far as catchers? You know, it's the same old story we always talk about. Uh, there's really nobody to pay up for because there's no Garver. Uh, you know, otherwise it's just a bunch of nonsense, right? In 94, it was 394. So I'm wondering who that is in 94, 394, though. Who is that? Wasn't Gwynn still in 94, was it? Maybe it was. Okay, maybe he's answering a Tony Gwynn question there. But uh, catcher's awful. It's always awful. I mean, Valeria, 2900 bucks. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with Diaz. He cracks the lineup. Uh, Posey hitting two. Ugh. reasonable price tag i guess posey's not really a thing anymore but walk is not very good catcher is awful man i'm not interested i'm just if it's you're stacking a team and they have a catcher use the catcher aside from that i mean valeria is probably the guy i'm going to use the most just because he's cheap and i don't love him batting eighth at home but he's going to hit off of edwin jackson in detroit's bullpen i mean he yeah. likely gets 
four at bats, and he's going to, I mean, I guess that's the guy. He's got guys on base every time he comes up, maybe. Boy, I don't want to play a catcher, but I'm playing on DK, so I'm playing a catcher. You don't have to play when you're playing on FanDuel or Fantasy Draft. Got to play one on Yahoo. Uh, a studio, eight bucks on Yahoo, by the way, uh, if you're playing over there. Like him a good bit. He's probably going to be fairly popular because he's a default play. Doesn't the name Melbreeze sound like like the fifth Golden Girl? That sounds like an old lady name, doesn't it? Who's that? Sorry, Melbreeze Valoria. <laughs> that's just my head. Is that is that? I don't know. That's yeah, it's not a very intimidating name. No, it's not. You know a really intimidating name that like the, the bat does not match it. Uh, that's Magnarius Sierra. That sounds. Oh my God, Magnarius is coming up. He's going to bang one out. Nope. He's not. How about Kaboom? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, there's two There's two Kabooms. Uh, one's actually pretty good. Yeah, is it Carter's the top prospect, is it? I think so. Uh, let's jump to first base because, you know, catcher is nonsense. Uh, and you don't want the roster one in certain places, obviously. First base, Pepsi, what's jumping out for you? Yeah, I'm just going to talk about Royals and Dodgers most of this late because that's just the options. I mean, obviously the Dodgers lefties are in play. we got Jock back on their lead knob. Bellinger's, you know, you know one of the best former hitters in baseball. But in terms of best overall play, it, it's Ryan McBroom. Yes, McBroom. Talking about good nicknames or names in general. Um, this kid had some big numbers in the minors. He's a bit of a prospect. He's a left-handed bat. Uh, I like McBroom. He's dirt cheap everywhere. You could also go to O'Hearn, which is interesting as well. you got to choose from. But I'll give McBroom the edge just because O'Hearn's been so bad. I really liked O'Hearn going into this. But now that McBroom's cheaper and has you know seemingly a better bat, at least we're counting AAA numbers here, uh, those are the four guys that really interest me. A couple of Royals, a couple of Dodgers, obviously. You can also play Bellinger and Peterson in the outfield, which is nice on DK because, you know, or fantasy draft and utilities and whatnot. Um, I guess the kind of the pivots, just some interesting pivots here. I don't mind picking on Avon Nova with lefties. So Carlos Santana is an interesting pivot. And Goldschmidt versus a, uh, a lefty is always interesting too, even though it's Bumgartner. So a couple of pivots off of the chalky Dodgers and Royals, but – not a ton of options. The good thing is, even though the Dodgers and Rose are chalky, we've got four options to play at first base here, D. Yeah, you can't play them all. For whatever reason, all the Dodgers are first base eligible uh, on DK. By the way, Pepsi, I know you like to dabble in the old BBP data. Goldie versus Bumgarner, 67 at-bats, 23 hits, five dublays, a triple, three bombs. Uh, he's got an OPS over 1,000, an ISO 239. He's got a WOBA 432. Do you care? Yeah, because I'm a BVP guy in general, so I don't mind it. But again, it's just he's a good enough pitcher that I feel like Bumgarner, if he's not going to get ahead in the count, he's just going to uh, pitch around him. So, I mean, I still want the Dodger and Royals bats over at Goldsmith, but he's still he's still cheap. I mean, I'm definitely going to get one lineup with Goldie in it. Uh, yeah, you mentioned McBroom, and I, full disclosure, I just heard this guy's name like three hours ago. And I was looking at the lineups, I'm like, McBroom, and I went straight to his minor league numbers, and I think he had 27 homers this year for the Yankees uh, in their AAA organization. And he's 27, so I, he's no longer a prospect. I can't imagine him being a prospect at 27 years old. He's probably facing 20-year-olds, but it's nice to see he has the power. And like you said, he's facing E. Jackson. Uh, I know he's still a minimum Fandle. I think he's 2K there. I want to say in DK, he's 3K. Yeah. It's like seven or eight bucks on Yahoo. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, the, we live in the world with salary cap, yada, yada, yada. And, like, all we want is a homer at that guy. I think he can give you a cheap homer potentially. And this might be his first game ever in the majors. I don't know. Never heard of the guy. Uh, anything else at first base that's worth mentioning? You want to jump the old second base, the keystone position. Yeah, let's go to second base here where um, there's even less to like. I mean, really, I mean, what's disappointing is Gavin Locke's hitting seven. I was hoping he'd be in the leadoff spot. Of course, with Jock there, it takes away from him. But still, it's a Dodger bat. The guys will be on base again in front of him, even though he's batting seventh. Uh, I think he is your top, you know, value play I guess the second base but Whit Merrifield who's my top bat or at least my one A to my one Bellinger if that's the case he's the top play second I'm going to pay up for him as much as I can there um, if you can play in the outfield which you can do on DK and of course on fantasy draft it's irrelevant uh, you can play him in the infield or outfield there so um, it's a good option to have but if I can only use one guy at second base like on FanDuel I'm going to try to get the, the Merrifield I love him and again Lux is a great value he's pretty cheap over there in FanDuel as well I guess the one pivot maybe you could go with, um, you got Kipnis, another lefty Indian, which is these lefties will give Nova some problems. And a guy like Chad Pinder, if he cracks the lineup, is pretty cheap if you're looking for a home run too, I guess. But, you know, it's hard to like anybody else outside of these Dodgers or Rose bats today, but the problem is they're going to be popular. So, Yeah, I feel like Pinder almost definitely will crack the lineup. He's projecting right out of bat six, and he's fairly cheap. Some of these open prices are pretty cheap on DK for what it's worth against Sandoval. 
Uh, I, I'm with you as far as Merrifield. That's the guy I'm prioritizing. I'm trying to get there. Uh, Jack in a bag, potential spoiler alert for a future segment. That may happen. That may go down. Kipnis back from a, back from injury tonight. Uh, Frazier leading off versus Duggar. Terrible ballpark, but Duggar's terrible. It's also a better ballpark for lefties. Denver's is ready. At least I'm ready to say Duggar's terrible. I know the book's not out as far as the majors, but I just don't think he's ready. On the flip side, you know, if you want to pick on Williams, who, again, doesn't miss any bats, especially on the left-hand side, Isan Davis, uh, Davis Diaz. I know he, um, you know, he's a rookie. showed a lot of power in the minor leagues. Kind of certainly some ups and downs, more downs than ups, but uh, definitely has the power to hit one into the Allegheny there in Pittsburgh. So uh, that's second base for me. Let's jump to the old hot corner, Pepsi, where once again, I guess it's an interesting conversation because, hey, we're going to be back on the Royals, Hunter Dozier, uh, you know, Chapman, and he's, you know, he's got the uh, platoon advantage over there. He's priced down a bit, like I was talking about, as far as the A's in general. Uh, did the leprechaun crack the lineup for, uh, for the Dodgers? We have a turner in there. I assume he was hitting cleanup there when I saw it last. Uh, third. Yeah. Third, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously, Bellinger's hitting cleanup. So, yeah. Dozier's number one. Turner's number two. No surprise. We're talking Royals and Dodgers. Next in Chapman. I think Chapman's that pivot. Again, some of these righties versus Sandoval is interesting. We know he's got the big strikeout upside, but certainly better versus lefties than righties here. So, some of these A's righties are interesting as one offs. And, uh, Chapman's certainly at the top of that list. I mean, you could always go to guys like Sano Endeavors, too. I think they're going to be highly on their own, big power. Uh, Sano certainly has that green monster there to hit off of, so that's interesting. But I love picking on those pitchers in general. So it's going to be Dozier, Turner, and Chapman as a top three for me. Yeah, I just want to note, like, Sandoval, as far as his splits, they look really wonky. Like, uh, he's been terrible. He's a left-hander. He's been terrible versus lefties, really good versus righties. I'm not ready to call it. The sample's not big enough. We're talking about 25 at-bats versus lefties. Sure, he's got an ISO of, what, 263 and Woba 470, and he's, you know, he's locking down righties. But it's for me, it's just too small of a sample. So I'm just kind of throwing it aside and just ignoring it. Uh, and I'll just yield on, you know, I'll lean to Chapman's power. And, uh, you know, Sandoval's not a guy I'm afraid of. So whatever. Well, I don't really care what those numbers say so much. They're interesting for now, I suppose. Um, Devers, any interest in Devers? Like, I guess, is that more so like in a Boston stack? Would you one-off anybody on Boston? Well, I mentioned Devers and Snow kind of together there. And again, that's, that's, it's contrary. And you know what I mean? Both those guys have the potential. Again, Snow, a lefty and, and family, we usually don't like to do that. But again, Devers hits the ball so well to left center, left field, that we don't worry about it too much. So those are two guys you can be a little contrarian with. Um, because I don't think Dozier is a must-have Kansas City player. Turner's not a must-have. We prefer the lefties for the Dodgers. So there are some ways you can go. And I see a lot of guys talking to Ann Mankata here. I understand the Mankata thing. Beaver at times will go up some hard hits, but Beaver's just not a guy I want to pick on, so I won't be going to Mikata there. But um, there is some merit more so in getting off a guy like Dozier instead of a Merrifield, for example, at third, where you can go to Chapman, Devers, Sano. So I'm okay with that. But, again, it's still going to be one Dozier, two Turner for me at the top. Yeah, on the season, Beaver, 1.29 homers per nine. The fly ball at 34.7%, you know, hard hit rate at 43%. So, you know, he certainly can give one up. That's not terrible numbers, but um, – and I suppose it's a leverage play, if you want to call it that, because Bieber, I presume, uh, we'll check the ownership in a second. We'll do the screen share and we're done with all this stuff. But uh, I presume Bieber, if not the most uh, highly sought after pitcher tonight as far as ownership, is in the second on the board. But he's got to be number one, right? Yeah, I'm taking a glance right now, if not hit the refresh button. As of right now, Pepsi, on a, this is on DK, on a two-pitcher site, 41% for, for the Biebs. And that, you know, makes a lot of sense, obviously. Yeah, I agree. Uh, shortstop, your position uh, your boy Lindor, Mr. Smile, you got modesty, basically the same price, you know, great matchup, obviously. Uh, I know like, talent for talent. We'll, we'll take Lindor all day long. Uh, what's your thoughts as far as those two you know, considering the matchup tonight? Yeah. Modesty is the guy for me. Again, I'm going to the Royals here facing the worst pitcher in the, and the worst bullpen here in baseball. Uh, modesty jack of the bag upside, which is really nice. Uh, capable of stealing multiple bags too, which is good. Um, you know, Corey Seager is interesting as well. Got an interesting price point. And I'm going to just double check to see where he was hitting. I want to see he's hitting two. Yeah, he's hitting that two spot, which is nice too, right? So he's got the opportunity to both drive in some runs and score some runs there. And Lindor is like that pivot. We talked about Chapman being that guy that's just kind of far and away the third option. I think Lindor is going to be that guy because most people paying up will go to Montessi. Um, you know, Seager is the next drop down in the mid-tier price. And Lindor could get ignored a little bit here. And again, lefties versus no, but they give him fit. So I think that's interesting. Also, it gets deeper. We talk about the righties for Oakland. So Simeon's interesting if you want to be more contrarian. Bogarts and Polanco along the same lines of the Devers and Sano. These are two good hitters in a great ballpark. Even though they're facing tough pitching, uh, they're going to be very low-owned, and, and it's, it's rare you get guys like that low-owned in that scenario. 
So the chat is telling me to note the BDP, Pepsi, Mancata versus Biebs, uh, nine at-bats, five hits, a double and three, uh, two dongs. Um, and it's funny because Abreu basically has the same thing going down. Jose Abreu, uh, three hits out of nine at-bats, two homers. I mean, that's a super small sample. I, I mean, look, if you want to pair Abreu with Mancata against Bieber, I'm not going to yell at you. There's certainly a shot of, like, Bieber giving up a solo homer possibly, too. We saw it yesterday with Clevenger, which, like, yeah, Clevenger's probably going to, like, strike out 8 to 12, and that's what he did, and he may give up a homer or two. He gave at least one. Carrasco blew that lead. That was kind of, you know, it was nice to see Carrasco back, but he got a space punch then, unfortunately. Uh, do we care about this? Like, is, how many, you have to make more than, like, six lineups, I assume, to consider rolling out Mankata and Abreu, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I believe in the, the BVPs a little bit, but, again, I, I'm going to side with Bieber here just because at times he's going to have some hard hits, and it's going to happen for a guy who throws a lot of strikes like he does. I'm still going to side with him here. I'm getting also getting a little ripped here. It says uh, somebody's saying Pepsi's going to have a sick lineup with Bieber, Modesty, Merrifield. Let me know how you squeeze them all in there. It's easy. We That's talk, not hard at all. No, we talked about your SB2 being Junis or Williams. Uh, we talked about hunting catcher with Valoria. Uh, McBroom at first is dirt cheap. At second base, you can play Lux, move Merrifield to the outfield. Tons of value. You can easily get those three guys in. You're just not working hard enough, my friend. So who was that again? Just so I know. Uh, Beaver, Mondesi, and Merrifield. Now I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and plug it in because, hey, we have the time. Let's see. Sure. Mondesi, and I'm on DK right now, so I'm plugging in Mondesi. Uh, who was the third guy? Merrifield, right? Yeah. All right. So Merrifield, and let's take our picture. We were talking about Junis as our SP2, correct? Yes. All right, so we, we got 3-5 and change. And like you said, we're not going to literally build a lineup here, but McBroom is 3K. All of a sudden, now we got 3-6 and change. We talked about the, the tortoise, La Tortuga. What is he, like 3-3 three, three or something like that? He's cheap, isn't he? Well, Valoria is 2.9 if you want to go that route. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're starting to run out of Royals. But, yeah, you can go with either one of those two guys. Uh, do we have the Arizona lineup out just yet? Because you can, once again, Ross, roster uh, – Mr. Rojas. Yeah, if he cracks it, he's 2.7K. It's another way to make that work. Like, And you could step down to Trevor Williams, or if you're Lando, you could play Michael Waka and really open things up as your SP2. Yeah, yeah. and also, let, once you stick Roas in there, for example, that lineup we're building with McBroom, I got over $4,100 with Junis in there. $4,100 left for three positions, which is easy to fill. So you can make it work. And again, if you want to get off of Junis to go down to Williams or uh, Waka, you got even more room to spare. So you could even punt catcher completely at 2K. There's options. You can certainly build that lineup. All right, Pepsi. In the outfield, they really priced up Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler, by the way, I always talk about this. He's got the quietest. Now it's 39 home runs in baseball. Uh, he actually broke the single-season record for the Royals with, you know, four weeks to spare. And I feel like Soler is a guy who's just never rostered. Of course, his price is hyped up uh, around the industry, depending on where you're shopping. Uh, but, you know, certainly all the power potential in the world. You mentioned Dozier you throw in the outfield, too. If you have, uh, you know, deep pockets, you got Bellinger. You know, we talked about how much we like the Dodgers. We did mention Josh Rojas was like a punt. Uh, he's been batting second on the reg of late, so uh, maybe he cracks it just yet. I'm going to go ahead and put a refresh in that, but I don't think we have a D-backs lineup just yet. Do we, Pepsi? I'm checking it again right now here. Hit refresh again. Oh, we do. He's batting six, so there we go. So, yes, we got Rojas in there versus, uh, you know, we don't like to pick on a paddock, but, it, you know, the splits are in his favor. He's batting in a pretty good spot in the order in a good lineup. So you take those savings on, on DK for sure. What are you doing in the outfield? Well, we can use Roas as our top punt play. We mentioned that. Um, obviously, again, Royals and Dodgers make sense. You can always play the Boston Red Sox outfield. Trout, again, likely to be under own like he was yesterday. Um, my three random names, though. Chris Davis, who is very cheap as well. You could add him to that mix. Uh, Otani and Yaz. Mr. Yaz Stremski, I think, is an interesting play if you're not on Waka, batting leadoff for, for San Francisco. So those are my three random dudes outside of our value play in Rojas. Yeah, Yaskrimski, yeah, pretty good numbers there against lefties. He is leading off, correct? Yes, uh, against Waka. Yeah, he's yeah. out there at, at, at 5 AB. It's not a great ballpark, but certainly it's a ballpark upgrade for him. Uh, Alex Gordon's fairly cheap, too, against Ejax. I think he's my least favorite amongst the group when you factor in price. Uh, I don't mind him at all. If I, if I land on him as my last play, sure, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm trying to find any other cheapies. Trout at 5K on DK. Uh, it just, I, it's a bad matchup. It's a bad ballpark. Like, Rohark's really good. He's got pretty dramatic splits. You mentioned Otani. Otani's a really strong play. 3-1 on FanDuel, by the way, for Otani. That's mm -hmm. a good price. 4-2 uh, on DK. Certainly playable as well, too. Uh, Upton, I'm not really a J-up believer, but he's super cheap on DK at 3.4K to get Roark really solid against righties. I just, I'll, I'll lean on the talent as far as Trout, getting an underpriced Trout. Uh, you know, massive ballpark. But if you saw his homer last night, that would have been out of any ballpark. 
Uh, he was just absolutely annihilated. It's just the guy's on another planet. He's so good at baseball. It's insane. Uh, anything else here to touch on before we do a little screen share? Then we're going to do a, do some homers. We're going to appease the, the chat and answer some questions for the people. Got about 12 minutes. Give or take before you step aside and get out of your make way for crunch time. It's one cheese is good. And Kevin Roth. Kevin Roth, by the way, last night discovered his favorite player. You know who his favorite player is? Now we're, Think of this now. Player nicknames, Pepsi. And Roth is a weather guy. So who brings the rain? Yeah, that seemed pretty easy. But you see how he's developed that whole thing? Now the first base coach hands him the umbrella. You know what I mean? Like Edwin would walk around after he hit first and, and, and drop the parrot. Now the first base coach does that. Then in the dugout, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Again, I'm a big advocate of having more fun at baseball and, and letting guys celebrate a little bit. I'm okay with pitcher has a big strikeout if he wants to, you know, celebrate, pump his fist a little bit. As long as he's not staring at a dugout and being disrespectful, we should allow this. Look, beaming each other. So I think it's fun. I think it's great for baseball. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm glad he hasn't got beamed just yet, uh, Donaldson, uh, as a uh, you know a retort or whatever. At least uh, we'll we'll see. But every hitter should, should have their own little celebration, I think. But uh, have a good time, enjoy yourself. Uh, you know, they're playing a kids' game. Uh, as far as the ownership percentage, not, nothing uh, changed just yet. As far as the last refresh, of course, the more and more closer we get to lock Pepsi, it gets more and more refined. As far as the ownership, and as we're seeing right now, no surprise, Bieber at 41 percent, Junis at 34 percent. And then Trevor Williams, like that's like the three quote unquote obvious ones. You got Hunjin Rio at 23%, Waka at 20, that's including all Landa's shares, Gallon at 18. Is there anything as far as off the board that like excites you? Because Matt, Mad Moment at 6% is a little bit interesting. I don't want it, but at 6%, I'm intrigued. I'm surprised that Ryu's 23 to Bums 6. I'm surprised there's that much of a variance between those two guys, but. Uh... Yeah, price point matchup. I, I can see it a little bit there, but uh, walk at 20%. Hey, wow, that's a little higher than I would have su- suspected. So good well, to get off of him, Dean. We, uh, we do live in the world of a salary cap, Pepsi. And I hear you. I'm just, it's, it just seems a little bit high for me there. I guess I, I, just, I felt like more guys would be on Junis and uh, Williams. And I guess they are, obviously, but uh, 20%. That's high enough that I'm, I'm, I think I might be fading them. Got a San Diego lineup, by the way. Hit the old refresh button. San Diego Garcia, Naylor, Machado. Hosmer, Renfro, France, Margot, and Hedges, for what it's worth there, uh, against Gallon. And, yeah, you want to see Renfro in there if you have Gallon because Renfro, plenty of power, but he also strikes out plenty. And Hedges, I believe, is also a K guy as well. I do not have plate IQ up in front of me. Trying to do that on the fly. Uh, We talked about as far as the K props. Make a bold decision here, Pepsi. Give me a bold call, one way or the other. Over, under, pick any guy you want. You got Gallon at 6.5, Junis at 5.5, Gibbs at 8.5. Who's going over? Who's going under? Give me something. Junis is going over. I also would go over on Biebs, but I feel more comfortable going over the, the five and a half for uh, Junis. You got to lay the juice, by the way, on Bieber for what it's worth. Uh, minus 155. So basically the number is an eight and a half. It's a more like nine, uh, which makes sense because, you know, the, you know, lots of K potential there uh, against the White Sox. As far as hitters, looks like a gander at this too. Sure, why not? Who do you think is the most highly owned? Oh, wow. That kind of surprised me. Uh, the Dodgers. As a team, collectively, we have team ownership percentages. Uh, as a collective at 13% Pepsi. And again, this stuff gets refined the closer and closer we get the lock. Slate IQ is also a thing as well. Don't really show that too often for whatever reason. Uh, Turner is 23%. Then Bellinger at 22. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm surprised. Price point, right? I mean, he's a little bit cheaper, I guess. And the bat in the middle of that lineup. The problem is we would rather attack Sensatello lefties because he does generate a pretty good ground ball rate to righties. So if you're debating on Dodgers and you're watching the show, we're telling you to lean towards the lefties of the Dodgers instead of uh, Turner's fine. Don't get me wrong. I'd still play him. He does lift the ball in the air. He hits five balls, which is good against a ground baller, but we certainly prefer the lefties here. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing Sensatello can do. Because he can like, he gets a, a fair bit of ground balls, especially from the right-hand side, which uh, is a slight hit to Turner, which is like, that's why I don't totally get that. Not here to discourage it, but he's not my favorite Dodger. But not uh, everybody's doing the, watching the show or reading the premium stuff here. So let's take advantage of that. There you go. I have a, our, oh, look at this. Our, I don't know if our, it's being shown right now. We rarely show our CVRs. We do our CVRs. Both of us are in here. Uh, we're basically in unison here, Pepsi. I'm just kind of taking a gander, scrolling down myself, uh, Head Chopper, yourself, and Notorious. Uh, but by the way, Notorious gives an update. He gives like a verbal update as far as, uh, you know, a premium uh, for the premium people out there. Just kind of tell you what he's thinking as far as the lineups uh, as of, uh, basically kind of bleeds into crunch time. You can find it on its own, but if you guys fire up crunch time around five o'clock, uh, Central time, that's Tennessee time at six o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, you guys can listen to uh, Notorious give you a little like 10 or 15 minute primer as far as the slate as well. Pepsi, give me some stacks, give me some homers. Well, top stack for me, I'm going to give Kansas City the edge of the Dodgers just because of the matchup. I think Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and 
Francisco are all very interesting. The Cleveland lefties versus Nova is interesting. I'm not a fan of Waka, so San Francisco is in play for me. And, and Pittsburgh also. Again, I don't love those three offenses. We don't have an offensive slate, but if you want to be a little different, that's the road I'm going to take. Uh, my top home run guy, Bellinger, mid-tier Chapman. And for value, I'm going to McBroom. And my jack-in-the-bag is? Whit Merrifield? Yes, sir. You're three for three. Three in a row. You're on a hot streak. Look at that. Nailed it. Uh, all right. We're yielding to the chat. And ask us some questions. Let's have some fun. Uh, I'm scrolling up because I feel like there are a few questions that kind of bled in before we even prompted them. Uh, should I limit my Cleveland exposure? I don't know how exposed that they are to Cleveland, but what's your thoughts as far as the Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, in cash, yes. I think at GPPs, it's interesting. Again, remember the Dodgers in Kansas City will be chalky. Cleveland lefties won't be as popular, so I kind of like that in GPPs. So if you're overweight in GPPs, I think it's fine. I think it's an interesting road to take. Uh, better stack, kind of a compound on that, but better stack, Cleveland or KC? Uh, I'm all about KC. I mean, unless you're trying to be different. To me, I'm, I much prefer the KC offense. Okay, so how are you prioritizing the Royals? It sounds like you're going to be stacking Kansas City and – I guess everybody in Kansas City is playable in theory. Um, give me, like, you know, can, can you rank, like, who you're prioritizing the most? Is, is, is Merrifield your top guy? I mean, if it's a GPP, I, I would go Solaire. I think he's got more home run upside. As far as the best bat in cash, it's Merrifield because, again, he can do it with his legs. And the best bang for your buck is McBroom getting the edge over O'Hearn. But you can play them both on a lot of sites. So if you're looking for Kansas City – and some Dodgers, as the guy in the chat was alluding to, it's hard to do both. Certainly, that's obviously the case. Um, you're going to have to pick and choose, but you could go Merrifield, Solaire, and a couple of cheap Royals in McBroom and uh, O'Hearn, or even Gordon's fairly cheap. Who was the player team was talking about hitting 411 in the minors? That is uh, Williams Estudio. Uh, the kids call him La Tortuga. He's batting ninth, uh, you know, but he's on the road, so he's basically locked in for forward bats. We'll take forward bats. Uh, I'm good with that, assuming like unless Minnesota gets, just actually gets trounced and they get less than like what a combination of eight or nine hits and walks minus double plays, uh, goofy things like that. Also errors too. But um, yeah, I, I like a studio a good bit if you're playing cash games on DK, if you're playing, uh, I don't think you need them on, on Fandle, although he's probably, he's like minimum salary over there. Is he even in the pool? I don't know. I didn't look over there. Don't necessarily focus on catchers on Fandle, obviously. We, we don't play him and he's eight bucks, I think on Yahoo. Uh, more questions here, Pepsi. This is a good one. I think I have an answer. You're going to give me an answer as well. Uh, pick one of these guys for FanDuel Cash. Goodwin, Yaz, or Otani? Otani and Yaz are both very good there. I think you can go with either one of them. Um, man, I think they're basically a tie to me. I really don't mind going either route there. What Would you Would you give an edge to either one? I'm leading Otani. I'll take the power upside of, of Otani. But Yaz has power too, and it's definitely not Goodwin, which means, of course, Goodwin's like going to go nuts. But, yeah, I, it, for me, I have it 1A, uh, a 1. Otani, 1A, yes, and then Goodwin, third. How about, does that sound about right? Does that work for you? Definitely third, yes. Uh, Paddock versus Junis on FanDuel. Easily Junis. Uh, Williams as well. Well, hmm, I mean, it's not easy, I guess. It's definitely Junis number one. I'm not sure what I do with Williams and Paddock on FanDuel, to be honest. I guess it depends what I'm doing. I haven't really looked too hard at that, but definitely Junis to me. Uh, just to confirm those prices, Junis on FanDuel is 7.9K. Uh, and Paddock is, I think, a little bit more, if I'm not mistaken. Right, no, wait, uh, 7.6. Yeah, okay, I knew it was a similar price point. Uh, McBroom or O'Hearn? I'm going to go McBroom. He's cheaper. He's sitting high in the order, and he showed some good power in the minors, which might translate. We hope, again, not a top prospect. He's a little bit older, as you mentioned, 27 or 28, but O'Hearn's done very little all season long. Obviously, this is a good matchup. And where you can play them both at first in utility or two infield spots, maybe, if they're cheap, I like it. But if I got to pick one, I think I want more exposure to uh, McBroom. Uh, I wanted to cover the umpire stuff. I feel like we didn't give out the umpire data. Yeah. We missed the no extreme umpire anywhere in baseball. None. No extreme hitter, no extreme pitcher. So they're all pretty much okay. They're all pitching umpires for the most part. So um, umpiring shouldn't be a factor tonight for anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I have it. You know, what's funny is they're all neutral. Everyone is neutral except one, uh, one pitcher's umpire for Roark and Sandoval. That's wild. What are the odds? Oh, yeah. wait, no, never mind. There's a bunch, There's some hitters on fires too, though. I think, too, what, as the season goes along, shouldn't most of those guys move towards neutral? I mean, we're deep enough in the season that I guess that's not really a thing because we've had extremes all the way through and we're already in September here. So I, just, I would have figured, though, early in the season, this is the first year that I've really been on top of umpire data. I would have figured by this point, Dean, we'd have a lot more guys in the neutral area or, the, or just pitching. But I guess guys just are what they are. 
Hitters umpire for Gallon, Williams, Duggar, Hunjin Ryu, uh, Sensatella, and Paddock for what it's worth. Uh, Going to knock uh, knock a couple more out here. Uh, Mondesi versus Seager. I think you prefer Mondesi, or I don't know. I guess it depends like what your stack is, right? I mean, it depends. I mean, straight up, it's Mondesi. If you in a, in a vacuum, if it's uh, salaries and other things, Seager's a good price and a good matchup, though. So I'm okay with either one. So we were talking about cheapies on DK to kind of make things work, and <sighs> Lewis Brinson. It was inevitable. Lewis Brinson's like, on DK. I think he's like two one or two two. I have Fandle up in front of me right now. Two one. Yep. So he's terrible. I mean, at two six, you can get Rojas. Is a better two seven. So a Rojas better line. Find a way to get to Rojas and make it work again. We gave you Lux at second, McBroom and O'Hearn at first. Punt catchers. There's no excuse really to have to go to Brinson. I don't think. Absolutely. You're answering the questions in chat. Don't you know they're going to be coming at you on air as well? I understand that, but we got a couple minutes to go. The people want answers. We might not get to them all. So I felt like I was trying to also answer some as we were doing a little bit of both, multitasking. It's all about the people, Dean. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get as many questions answered as possible. They want to know if I refer to you as Pepsi in real life when we hang out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody does. My mother, my family, that's about the only people that call me uh, call me Chris. Even my bosses over the years all referred to me as Pepsi. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to call you what you want, and it could be worse, I guess. So Mag- somebody says Magnaria Sierra is the play. Uh, he had, this is rough estimate because I was looking at it before the show, 150 at-bats last year. I think he had three stolen bases and zero homers. Uh, he had a few more, st- I think a little bit more power this year. But again, awesome name, but the stick's terrible. He's still really young, Magnaria Sierra. I think he's like 21 or so. Not exactly 19, but he's a young dude. Uh, Goldie and Solaire. Ooh, I like that combination. Or McBroom versus Bellinger. They, they're asking just you. Oh boy, that's I mean you can't go wrong there. I think oh boy, it's probably Golden Solaire just because we don't know where Brooke Broom is, but I, I love them both. Pepsi summarize the slate. We're stepping aside. We're getting out of here. We're making way for crunch time. What do you have for me? Uh, Bieber and Junis is my favorite combination. Um, if you're getting off of Bieber, you want upside. It's Gallon. If you're getting off of uh, our boy Junis, it's going to be Williams. And uh, for offense, I love Kansas City. Love the uh, Dodgers. And they're going to be chalky, but maybe find ways to be a contrarian. Uh, the Cleveland lefties would be my favorite thing to do after that. Two football shows going down tonight. Uh, the DFS Pick 6 show with Crane uh, and uh, Britt. Britt's on later tonight with the PFF guys. He's Pepsi. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball. We're out of here. Holla.